And you would think that principals get a lot of support. Like they're, wouldn't you agree? Very important to the school mm-hmm. and the success of the school and the success of the students. And what you find is that they get hired in the districts, just like, okay, figure it out. You Good know, luck. like you've gotten to this level. And especially if they have a doctorate, then they really think they know everything and they get those folks get the least amount of support. You're listening to Square Peg Entrepreneur, a podcast of stories and inspiration from personal brands who are disrupting their industries and doing business their own way. And now your host, Nikki Takahashi. Danny Bauer, I am extremely pleased to have you on the podcast. You're such a unique individual and serving in such a very specific niche as an entrepreneur. So happy to have you on the podcast to talk about how you as a square peg are doing your best work. You have uh, an organization called Better Leaders, Better Schools, serving leadership, um, improving people in those positions, principals and school leaders. Go ahead, Mm -hmm. introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about yourself. Ooh, hey, Nikki, thanks for uh, having me on the show. This is certainly a privilege. I think introduction wise, you know, I I like to say um, back in the day as a sophomore in high school, uh, I was late a lot. Tardy, right? Mm -hmm. A very bad boy. It wasn't my fault, though. Like my best friend, Lindsay, she is the most tardy the tardiest or whatever word to use there. (laughs) She's always late to everything and she just doesn't care. You know what I mean? And she was also my ride to high school. So what can I do about it? So I'd show up to class chemistry first period every single day and be late, very late and get in trouble with the tensions and all this kind of stuff. I'm I'm about to get suspended because I'm late all the time. So I show up and Mr. Rogers, can you believe like Mr. Rogers is, is my teacher's name. And, uh, and I come at Miss Rogers, right? Before you, you know, suspend me and write me up or whatever. Listen, this time was different, really. I was, I was, I was walking to school and I came across a Girl Scout troop in a burning house, right? What would you do if you saw Girl Scouts in the house and it was just burning down? You would save them. You would do your best. And so I did, you know, put out the fire, <laughs> saved all the Girl Scouts and I don't know, Nikki, if it was um, if it was the story because he was laughing a bit like you. Uh, I had a dosi dough, which is those peanut butter Girl Scout cookies. Never so I, I actually that. had one. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, you know, Girl Scouts in the U.S. they have they have a uh, Girl Scout cookies, and so I had a very real cookie for him and offered it. So I don't <laughs> know if it was the story of the cookie or whatever, but you know, he let me go that day. I didn't get in trouble, and that was an important lesson because it told me that it, you know. It really pays to uh, be a good storyteller. Lie? Yeah. So, no, not lie. To tell stories. So uh, anyways, that's how I introduced myself. Uh-huh. Very good. Okay. I like it. Mr. Rogers condoning the, the lying. But yes, you are such a great storyteller. And I was saying just before this interview, the amount of ideas that are bouncing around in your head must be just off the charts. You have such interesting programs, interesting masterminds for leaders and, and so many things brewing in the future that you're going to be putting out. Um, This niche of leaders in schools, principals, people who want to make a ruckus, like you say, how are you tapping into them and why maybe let's start off first. Why did you decide to tap into this niche? Uh, it's just where I came from, you know, so it's it's really probably what made a lot of sense at the time. 
um, back in the day, you know, I was, I was a teacher for decades, classroom teacher, and then moved into administration. Uh, I was very frustrated, right? So a lot of successful businesses, they just come from scratching your own niche or uh, solving your own problem. Mm -hmm. So when it came to professional development or, or growing as a leader, really the, the opportunities were far and few between. And that was frustrating to me because I found myself in a, at an event called the Global Leadership Summit, and the uh, host said from the stage, "Everybody wins when you get better, right?" And you know that. Yeah, basically, I've 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 stolen that uh, phrase and made it my own. And I say, "When you get better, everybody wins," right? Mm -hmm. And it's 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 about like kind of like JFK said, "A rising tide lifts all boats." So basically, districts might talk about academics that was important, discipline. Uh, attendance, all those things matter, but they're kind of like at the end, the outcome, and there's so much you have to do before. I wanted to figure out how do you create a vision that actually lives and guides the work of a school, right? And the same thing is true for business. But in my lived experience, like there was no vision, there was no excitement about what we were doing. Uh, I don't know about you. I don't like hard conversations at all. So I had to practice those a bit and wanted training around it. And finally, I know that inequitable outcomes exist for our students. That's not right. I wanted to do something about it. So I figured if I start a podcast like you have, and I did this way back September 2nd, 2015, seven years later, never missing a Wednesday, almost 2 million downloads. The podcast ranks in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. So business or faith or, you know, like whatever type of industry and niche uh, and uh, educational leadership, right? It's been very successful. It changed my life. All of a sudden, people started seeing me as an expert and uh, I started doing it full time, right? So doing the podcast and coaching and consulting. So that was cool. I couldn't have told you that would have happened back in 2015. And yeah, other crazy things. I mean, like Harvard sponsors the podcast. I really, honestly, like it's totally changed my life. That's a massive leap of faith to, to go all in on a podcast back in 2015. And what did you put yeah. aside? What was a trade-off at that point? What were you, what were you putting on the line? Well, I think weekends and nights. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, honestly, like back then I still, I still was working in a school. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, it couldn't conflict, you know, with the day job, so to speak. Uh, the only thing I was really putting on the line was myself you know, the imposter syndrome, putting myself out there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the, the early episodes or the early blogs I wrote, yeah, I may have thought that they were really awesome and they got better certainly with time. But I remember the first negative comment, <laughs> you know, that I got and I went in on that person. I was like, you know, <laughs> Did you I really let, I really let them have it. And I was like, oh, you know, I just look like a big jerk in the moment. And, uh, now I, now I tried to just not, not even read or respond to that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was just, it was, it was just basically putting yourself out there. Cause as you know, at least starting a podcast, it's in terms of like how I invest in myself now, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. nothing, you know, mm -hmm. and paying for hosting, we all have a computer. And so you get some, some lights, uh, the hosting, a nice microphone, you know, a few hundred bucks and you're, you're ready to rock and roll. It's true. It's such a low yeah. barrier to entry and uh, just another great way to get some exposure and some practice speaking if you're not comfortable oh, yeah. with that and doing the interviewing. Totally. Back in 2015, how did you promote the podcast? I spammed it. 
I did, did it the worst way possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, because <laughs> Twitter didn't have rules, you know, and there were like automated solutions where you could like recycle the same tweet infinite <laughs> amounts of time. And so uh, I just loaded what they called the vault. I think I was using Meet Edgar, you know, uh-huh, yeah. and man, I just threw a bunch of stuff into that vault and it was just like pumping it out. So that that was one way and the wrong way. Like, you know, what it, what an idiot. But you learn, you learn, you got to make the mistakes and learn from that stuff. And I think back then too, honestly, I think everybody was pretty much doing it that way. Because I was looking at people further, way further ahead than me mm-hmm. and uh, seeing them do a similar type of thing. Uh, the other way, I mean, honestly, promoting it would, would just be an email list. Like, obviously you need, Mm -hmm. that's like the, the blood of your business. Uh, I didn't run any ads, nothing like that. So it was all organic social marketing, uh, word of mouth for sure. I think also, honestly, um, hopefully it doesn't sound cheesy, but trying to improve every single episode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you continue to build something that's great, then people will start sharing it and, you know, you'll, you'll succeed that way. So Mm -hmm. I think that was the strategy back then. You spoke about imposter syndrome and that's very relevant today for any entrepreneur, but of course, breaking into podcasting when it was newer and breaking into this very specific group of principals and leaders is, is something that would, would definitely bubble up that imposter syndrome. How do you recommend your students and your clients today overcome that imposter syndrome? Well, you know, Stephen Pressfield wrote like the war of art and that kind of stuff. He can cause mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, the resistance. According to him, he just says, you know, be a professional. And he defines that as continuing to show up basically, despite how you feel. So that that's a thing that I think a lot of people uh, believe that's not true. Right. Uh, and, and then that's successful folks or, you know, top performers or whatever don't have an imposter syndrome or they always feel motivated and nothing could be further than the truth. The thing that separates a pro from an amateur is that they just continue. They've committed ahead of time to uh, an ideal future self, right? That is yet to be realized. That's bigger, better, creating more value and all this kind of stuff. So they consistently show up. So maybe I don't feel like being on the show with you right now. That's not true. I was super <laughs> excited. I was excited to be here, to be quite honest. I've canceled all my other uh, all my other interviews for today because I need to go to the doctor. Um, oh, but yeah, I think I messed up my thumb. So, anyways, back to the back to your <laughs> question. Just show up, despite how you feel. Just show up. That's how you do it. The other thing, like I mean, there are things you can do to build your confidence, right? So there's strategies like in uh, the Confident Mind. Doctor Nate Zinser talks about the EPS journal. You could do it in five minutes or less. So your listeners should like, you know, memorize what I'm about to say and then do it today and do it every day for the rest of your life. EPS is effort, progress, success. Just take five minutes at the end of your day and reflect. Where did you make and put in great effort today? Where did you see some progress on the projects that you're working on? And what's the success you'd like to celebrate? By doing so, you create what uh, Zinser calls like a highlight reel, right? And that then counteracts the imposter, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you build this like great uh, resource of awesome stuff that you've done, now you can uh, rely on that, right? To get you through the hard moments when you're feeling down. So Mm -hmm. do that. And then of course, right? Surround yourself with great people, masterminds, that kind of stuff. 
you know, the, the quote I heard in 2015 and how I started uh, masterminds for school leaders, I heard the Jim Rohn quote on a podcast in, in the host was saying, right. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. I don't know if you've heard that quote before, but I heard it and I was like, Oh boy. Right. Yeah. Can I trade in family? You know, yeah, do I yeah, need, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, some of my friends, you know, they, they actually were dragging me down. I the remember showing count. people. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and I would show people my journal and like, uh, they would say, Oh, that's never going to work. Your, your dream mm. for schools. It's like, really? So maybe I need to find some people that believe in the dream and want to encourage it. Mm-hmm. And that, that really changed my life. And that's how I got the idea for masterminds in education. I joined one myself just to grow the podcast. And next thing you know, you know, doing it for uh, school leaders and changed everything too. Oh, Nate. Okay. I didn't know that that was a, a strategy to, to improve the podcast. So talk about the mastermind. That's huge for you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So back, back then, you know, I was just, I had the thing and, uh, I knew that, listen, when I looked at, when I looked at and listened to the shows that were out there and there weren't very many, I just thought my voice, my perspective certainly, uh, would be welcomed into the space. I wasn't super impressed with what was out there at the time. Mm. So often in, in many different areas of my life, I always say to myself, well, why not me? You know, I'll go to a conference and hear a speaker talk and be like, oh, I could, I could do that talk. You know, I really should probably be doing the talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I'm just very confident in that or whatever. So anyways, I got this show and I'm thinking, how do I grow it? And I've started hearing about this mastermind concept and I joined one and that was, that was the idea back then. Like what, what can I do? How can I grow it and uh, serve more people? And it, it really worked, but then the light bulb went off. Right. And I thought about education and you would think that principals get a lot of support. Like they're, wouldn't you agree? Very important to the school mm-hmm. and the success of the school and the success of the students. And what you find is that, they get hired in the districts, just like, okay, figure it out. You Good know, luck. like you've gotten to this level. And especially if they have a doctorate, then they really think they know everything. And they get those folks get the least amount of support, right? Mm-hmm. The, the ones that have done so much training wise. So I just put an invitation out there and said, Hey, you know, do you want to join this party that I'm calling the mastermind and uh, connect on a weekly basis, go deep on education and leadership? And I think there were seven early adopters and fast forward to today, there's uh, 11 cohorts, 95 leaders from countries all over the world, every continent except Antarctica. And it's, you know, that's, that's pretty cool too. And I, uh, I led those groups for six years, this, this seventh year for my birthday, my birthday gift was in order to realize the vision, which is big, you know, I I would love to serve 5,000 school leaders in the mastermind. And they used to scare me to say out loud, right? Yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And believe me, I have no idea how to get there. I'm not going to say that I do, right? Part of the strategy is one more leader and then another, right? So to think small and tiny. Uh, but the other thing is um, think about it in a way that seems manageable. And of although we serve global leaders in the U.S. and Canada, uh, 5,000 is just 5% of all the mm. principles, just mm-hmm. 5%. Okay, now I feel like I could figure it out. So it's going to take a long time, right? It's not going to happen tomorrow, uh, but that is the goal. So that's why I exited coaching and facilitating, because if I'm going to get to that and realize that big vision, I can't be doing all the work too, which is a, a really important you know, business lesson, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're the greatest opportunity and the chief bottleneck, you know, in your business. And right. you have to realize that. So, and that's why we work together. Everybody listening should hire Nikki, you know, for all their design needs, because listen, she's amazing and uh, you can't do it all yourself. So if you you're don't lovely. hire Nikki, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really upset and I'm going to come find you. And we're going to have a talk. <laughs> you're lovely. And we met through another mastermind. So, so yeah. that just supports the, the concept of masterminds for sure. I really was surprised to know that there wasn't as much support for principals and school leaders oh, yeah. and that you stepping in were the saving grace there. So mm. what do you think is is lacking in that system. I guess we just assume that they have a curriculum and everything is laid out and they don't need that backbone. So when they come to you as clients or parts of your mastermind, what is it that they're really salivating for? I think part of it is connection for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, mm. A safe space to to wrestle with the biggest challenges. Just did a, did a case study on... Uh, one of one of the leaders in our community, and she comes from Kansas in a very small town and in a very rural town and a very conservative town too, right? Um, and one of the things that came out through the case study interview was like, you know, it, it, I can't really discuss the biggest challenges within my district. And although the people are lovely, right? And she's great friends with them and that kind of thing. Uh, everybody talks about everything. Everybody knows everybody's business. Uh, and it's it's not necessarily psychologically safe, right? To be like, man, this is happening. What what can I do, right? So the fact that we have these groups and people from all over the world get together and there's no judgment there, there's no consequences. Uh, you know, it's a really safe space to connect. And something else that she mentioned too, and this was somebody who won principal of the year of her state, right? Okay. So effective. She's effective. She said, uh, you know, you guys actually grew my confidence, you know, for the first time. And I'm like, what? You kind of intimidate me. You know, Mm. you're such a baller leader, right? Honestly. She's like, no, I have a big imposter syndrome. When I joined the mastermind, I thought, what will I even have to add again? Wow. State principal of the year, but that we attract some really awesome people. And and she said, though, by the third meeting, because of the, you know, gracious uh, uh, facilitator, head coach, shout out to Kareen and in the environment that we have created. Right. She felt comfortable, let her guard down. And uh, she said that the mastermind experience is like, you know, incredibly validating and it, and it grew her confidence. So how about that? So, yeah, Unreal. Uh, it's, it's connect. It's a really lonely. It's a lonely position, you know, so that connection's huge. I guess. And that's true for entrepreneurs, probably in general, but the fact that they are able to connect with like minds in the same industry is so valuable. I know many of the masterminds that we join as entrepreneurs, it can be a real, um, I mean, trail mix bag of, of different industries and and different focuses, which can be beneficial Mm -hmm. and can also maybe be less effective. Um, Mm -hmm. the groups that you have with the principals, you also have other leaders, leadership positions from schools, right? It's not just principals that are joining that group. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, assistant principals for sure. Uh, I'll I'll share this as a business lesson. You know, I used to let in some teachers too, Mm -hmm. and that never worked out. I I was going to ask. Yeah. And uh, even though I over 
communicator. We're talking leadership. We're talking strategy, you know, high level type stuff. Yeah. And then they'd want to talk about classroom and, and we would to serve them in the moment. But they would say, oh, you just talk. They would say everything I told them. You just talk leadership and strategy and high level. So that's the point of the group. And I told you, know, I told you that. So now, now I have a rule, no teachers, right? Got it. And back in the day, it was like scarcity mindset and just worried, like, how do I, how do, I do this full time to put food on the table? Because I had yep. transitioned, right? Yep. And so uh, I wasn't as choosy as I should. And now we say no to all teachers unless they're enrolled in a program to become a principal. And that's their goal. Um, yeah. So it's really, really principals, assistant principals. There's a few central office folks and that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty much that number one or number two at the local level. Brilliant. Do you serve the teachers in a different way? Uh, no, staying in my lane. I think, I mean, there's massive market opportunity, but, you know, capacity. So if I had a, if I had a bigger team and that kind of thing. Maybe, uh, mm-hmm. but although I see, you know, it's like, okay, what's the mission? What's the vision? What are you trying to do here? Maybe sometime in the future, I have helped almost every teacher mastermind that exists. I've like kind of coached the, the facilitators there. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them have kind of burned out and fizzled out because you do need support. You do need a team and it's, it's hard work and it's emotional work. Uh, so maybe, maybe one day, but not right now. No, that's not the focus. So you got to say no to good. You mm. have to say no to good things and in, in business opportunities. It's like Derek Sivers, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, there's so many more teachers than principals, right? Exactly. So much more money I could potentially make and so much more, you know, many people I could serve. But no, that's not, that's not my thing. So I just say no. Are you ready to start or rebrand your business? Introducing the Brand Essentials Kit. It includes everything you need to build your brand the right way, such as a messaging guide with marketing swipe copy, a logo design, plus website copy and a homepage wireframe. Finally, you'll be able to describe your brand almost anywhere to instantly resonate with your ideal client. You'll receive a custom logo design that captures the essence of who you are and a brand style guide for that professional edge. And the biggest perk? We'll write your website copy and wireframe a homepage layout that you can take to any website designer to use on any platform. The Brand Essentials Kit is exactly what you need to get your business ready for its next chapter or its debut. Visit fetchingfin.com to get started. One thing those teachers could do is, I mean, you have books out, right? Uh, specifically, yeah, your sure. mastermind book is out there. Um, talk about about the book, where people can get it and and how that helps. Yeah. And I will say too, uh, teachers come to my trainings all the time, like the free oh, stuff, you know, that I put out. Yeah, so yeah. That's cool. So I think you'll enjoy the book when you, when you pick it up, it's called uh, mastermind unlocking talent within every school leader. And what's interesting, I have seen on social media, people talk like this actually isn't just for education. And a lot of people say that a lot on my posts too. Uh, but I do package it that way because that's like my ideal client, right? As a school mm-hmm. leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, within there, especially if you're interested in this mastermind concept, you should pick it up. Um, it's it's rooted in some research around like problems in education and, and the lack of professional development, but maybe just skip those chapters. And the core of the book is on something which is trademarked, by the way. I'm super proud of that. It's called the ABCs of Powerful Professional Development. 
And what I've learned and when I thought about uh, what makes the community thrive and succeed and serve our leaders so well, it's because we intentionally integrate authenticity, belonging and challenge into the experience. Right. And by creating that kind of space, you know, our, our, our leaders thrive. The other quick story there, too, is like first draft of the book, like any first draft, not so good. And my editor gave me that really you know, difficult feedback. I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to do, you know, <laughs> to make it better? Uh-huh. Part of the reason, just like a teacher mastermind, I was writing to too many audiences in the first draft. Uh, I was writing to principals talking about how we could potentially serve them in, the, in this new structure that's out there. And I was also talking to maybe the business minded reader who wanted to launch a mastermind and giving them like practical advice on like how to do it. And that that was just that wasn't hitting the mark. So obviously, the ideal reader would be a school school leader. And I had to think, like, why does it work? What I really want to emphasize for your listener is that to write a better book, I stopped writing. So I started going to Barry Park here in Syracuse, New York, walking with my dog Alba and uh, just dreaming and thinking about it. And uh, I came up with that framework, you know, the ABCs. And I thought that'd be catchy, you know, in education Schools, too. Yes. Yeah, and yeah exactly. And so, yeah. um, and then when I shared it with my editor, I'm like, I think this is the framework. And then it's like, hey, introduction, the problem with the current model, what the new model is, ABC for every chapter. And then a conclusion, she said, perfect, do that. Okay. And we did it and it's a bestseller. So a uh, couple of lessons there, right? Sometimes we put in more hours, more effort or whatever, when we feel we're stuck and that's, uh, that rarely works. So take a break, you know, maybe you mm-hmm. meditate, maybe you walk, but let your mind wander and often you'll get the solution. And another lesson is like, you know, whatever you're doing and whoever you serve your industry, your niche, you know, have some kind of framework, people like it, you know, uh, and, and it gives them confidence that you know what you're doing. And so, yeah, I'm super proud. And then go get it trademarked too. Cause I just, uh, it's like a baller move. Like, Hey, this really is, is my thing. It's IP. Yeah. You know, so you've made it, you've made it. Yeah. Can we talk about I your personal it. brand as you're talking and you're presenting, you've got your, your cool little toque on and your hoodie. And some people may not correlate that with a principal leader. So your personal yeah. brand is such an important part of your success. I believe what's your, what's your yeah. take on that? Well, you you partly coached me on this stuff, so maybe you should just tell whatever you think and how you experience <laughs> me. But you know, I listen. The brand is making a ruckus, right? And that's a nod mm-hmm. of the cap to um Seth Godin, who's influenced me greatly. I've done almost all his programs. Uh, you know, graduated from the Alt MBA, coached for the Alt MBA, and uh, he always tells people to go make a ruckus. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, we should tell people in education that because the model needs to change. Mm-hmm. And so to me, you know, making a ruckus is really just creating change. And and I define it as saying, investing in your continuous growth, challenging the status quo and designing the future of school now, because why wait? And so if I'm, if I'm like kind of the ruckus maker guy, right. And challenging the status quo, you know, I want to wear a hoodie, you know, or, or, or my red beanie and that kind of thing. And, uh, or have right now I currently have long hair. Sometimes I have short hair, I think about it a lot. I ask Nikki, do I need new pictures? <laughs> like, you know, so, you uh, and, and I can have at times quite an epic beard. Uh, I have tattoos <laughs> and 
that's just what I do. Right. Uh, but the bet, you know, I think one of the things I'm proudest about maybe the best part about me is just, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. If you work with me, I'd show up like this on a podcast like this. If we're hanging out as friends, if we're working out, having a beer or whatever, like I don't change, this is me. And so I, I just don't try to, I don't try to fit anybody else's mold, you know? Right. And I've gotten to a place, you know, maybe it's a gift of as you age, like I just don't care, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if this bothers you, well, you know, you kiss my, you know what, like it doesn't really, I mean, I'm just like, Seth Godin also says it's not for you and you got to be confident with that. Right. So it's not mm-hmm. for everybody. What you mm-hmm. create is not for everybody. So when somebody leaves that negative comment, you don't have to respond. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't uh, connect with it. Great. It wasn't for them, but you know what? There's a whole bunch of people that it is for and they let you know. And so just focus on that. So yeah, I'm just kind of confident and comfortable in that way. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? I don't know if there's it more. Does. No, okay. no, it does. I mean, as a, I think as a, an entrepreneur, especially a newer entrepreneur, that's terrifying to think that you've filtered down your audience so distinctly to, to principles and then further filtered them by saying, if you don't resonate with me as a person, as a leader of the mastermind, I'm not for you. Like that seems like it would be a total of three people, right? If you're an entrepreneur yeah, yeah. coming into this. Uh, and yet. But it's, it's never true, right? It's, it's not true. like, that's what we learn. Like, mm-hmm. just go for it. I, I, you know, to be honest, Nikki, I thought that maybe principles wasn't niched down enough. You know, I didn't oh. know if I had to do like, you know, principles serving in an urban setting or male, you know, I don't know. I mean, you could, you could continue to niche down. I was actually quite worried that uh, it was too general. So I, I think the one way that it gets filtered is the ruckus maker idea, right? So yes. there's 93,000 principles, US and um, Canada or 95, whatever. And so not all of them are ruckus makers, clearly, or, or you know, I would have a billion dollar business. <laughs> uh, another lesson too, for business leaders, like define who, who the opposite is. And I've seen that actually mm. really take off. And I've only introduced the idea in the last you know few months, people use the language. So here's what I mean. Ruckus maker, in my view, they're on the top. They're the best, right? World-class. So who's, who's the opposite and maybe even the enemy? like those principles that are annoying and just like <laughs> suck at their job. I call them play it safe principles. Right. And people write to me, I don't want to be a play it safe principle. Right. Or like, no, this isn't for you, not for play it safe principles. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is like really catching on. So there's the two polar edges, you know, okay. and opposites. So ruckus yeah. maker versus a play it safe principle. So. I think I've niched down that way for sure. And so you're talking about both on social media or on your podcast, you're, you're comparing yeah, my and- emails. Mm-hmm. For example, I have a live event coming up in summer. So everybody, the listener, just imagine for a second, when you think of an education conference, like, what do you, you know, what do you expect? And then mine is everything that's different. <laughs> and so in, in, in our industry, right. Usually uh, at least for the national ones, there's tons of people, right? And that's cool. There's there's a benefit to that for sure. There's more sessions than you can count, more than you can attend. You end up attending a whole bunch, you know, over two or three days. Uh, there's shallow versus deep, right? Mm-hmm. So at my events, we do one topic and we go like super deep into it. Uh, instead of hundreds and thousands of people, 
we have 50 people or less, right? Okay. Um, instead of just information and entertainment, like we actually challenge you to implement. Uh, instead of all those sessions, there's actually an abundance of like open space to do what you want, to network and to, to implement the ideas. And then the other thing too, uh, in addition to the two days of training, we do adventure type stuff. So we've hiked mountains this, this year, we're going to go whitewater rafting. Uh, I texted my team last Sunday. I'm like, Hey, would you, would you rappel down a Canyon hundred, you know, 160 feet with me in Utah? And they're like, okay. And one of them, <laughs> she's like, will there be like, will there be, you know, somebody trained? I'm like, yes, we're not just, I don't know what I'm doing. Of course, there's going to be a, like a guide. Yeah. I don't want us to die. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. So anyways, 2024, we're going to do a, an event on confidence. And then part of that event, we're going to go, oh, like, okay. you know, jump down some canyons and rappel like, cause that seems kind of scary, but probably pretty cool too. So believe me, there's no education organization doing that kind of stuff. And that's, right. That's what makes us a ruckus maker. So 2023, my words alignment, everything's aligned, mm -hmm. you know, to the brand. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing stuff that's easy for me as a business leader, like, for example, automated uh, challenges where I've already created the content, recorded video, whatever. Ah, it's easy for me, but does it really create change, you know? And is it aligned to all roads lead to the mastermind? What makes the mastermind great? It's live. Uh -huh. We respond in real time. We get people results right then and there. You know what I mean? And yeah. so then everything we create should be like that. And we should tell people this is just like our main offer. And mm -hmm. if you enjoy it, you know, consider taking part, right? So there's there's no more uh, misalignment. We're getting tighter and tighter and tighter. I got so much energy about that focus now. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to we're changing education one school leader at a time. Brilliant. I, I, I love that. I, first of all, I love the idea that the masterminds are focused under one topic because that certainly allows you to have multiple live events and bring together maybe some of the same people or some of the different crowds, but uh, yeah. uh, people aren't going to get tired of having the live events because they are also different. Um, but you're yeah. right. In this world of the AI and the automation, something that is more takes more effort to produce or more interaction yeah. with the participants will have more value. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sick of hearing about chat GPT. Right. Oh How is that affecting yeah. your industry? How do you, do you see it creeping in? I mean, obviously like I saw somebody post like, Hey, they got a million users in like five days, you know, and they compared it to like Netflix and Spotify that took years, you know? So mm -hmm. I certainly I'm not going to be ignorant and say, oh, this isn't going to be a game changer. And I think, you know, uh, we should be smart about it. I know some districts are doing stupid things like you saw the city of New York completely ban it. Like, you oh, know, wow. that's like just saying kids don't have sex. Yeah. Like that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you can't just ban it. I mean, essentially, that's sticking your head in the sand. That is not yeah. a solution. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I think. Um, you know, there's probably appropriate uses. It's going to be more and more in uh, people's lives. So how do we like, you know, use it effectively? How do we leverage it to take learning deeper for students? But, you know, take the fear out of it. Okay, great. You could put in a prompt and maybe write some essay. And I saw another article about it passed a Wharton MBA exam. Mm -hmm. So what? Like, 
what if, you know, if education, you know, go back to Socratic dialogues, like I can't stand here in front of you, do this podcast interview as AI. I'm talking from experience. I'm telling stories. People connect to that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so whatever I could create with chat GPT, uh, maybe it influenced my thinking. Um, Maybe it got me a quick start. You know, I think that's a good use. But if I if I showed up with a chat GPT script and read it, it would not resonate with your heart. Like that's just, you know, humans are good uh, sniff detectors on that kind of stuff. And so I think I think that's the most important point uh, to realize. And and I think, you know, in terms of a school system, they just need to do uh, a lot of live like performance. Mm. What do you know? Like Mm -hmm. demonstrate it now, not Mm -hmm. necessarily go home and do it and bring it back. I mean, guess what? Spoiler alert. Parents already do that for some of their kids, you know, and or you can get the old tests or buy essays like that stuff already happened. Uh, chat GPT can just do it in five seconds. That's the only, only difference, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, create authentic real world scenarios and, and things that are way too complex for where it's at, at least can solve. So mm-hmm. yeah, at least until the Terminators show up and then we're all, we're all in trouble, <laughs> but there's a few that, da- I mean, we have a few more good years, you know? So. Right. I, I mean, that's a discussion for another day altogether, but certainly will be relevant to your principal group. So I'm, I'm eager to see how that rolls out and and what kind of discussions come about just in your community over that. It's important. Yeah. I mean, the presenting live is one great solution, but, and this is why it's important to have the masterminds, like what you're, you're doing, serving that group of people that are probably throwing their hands up right now going, what do we do? Yeah. Well, yeah, case in point, I mean, like, you know, uh, in our lifetime, we hadn't gone through in the U.S., you know, at least where, where most of my leaders are like a pandemic. I know they've, you know, been different experiences in different countries and stuff. But yeah. um, the cool thing within the past, within the mastermind, it wasn't easy, but it was easier for all easier. our leaders because it hit some schools before others that were in the same cohort right Mm -hmm. and people could say this stuff's coming it's not just in this country or whatever like it will be there and it will be there soon here's what we're learning and that kind of stuff helped turn leaders from reactive to proactive right yeah uh and i've seen that time and time again so chat gpt will be another example and we'll, we'll continue to serve leaders in that way just because uh, you know, it's a diverse group. It's a robust group. And, and we're all talking about, you know, what's going on trends in education. Nice. I love this chat. We went from a bit of the history to it, of it, to your current offerings, plus how it's so relevant today. So thank you so much for your time. That was very inspiring and uh, encouraging to, to know that niching down produces such great results and and can build such a strong business. Um, and of course, that's also uh, because you have such a strong personal brand too. You're so calm to talk to. I don't know what's going on inside, but you come across as so calm and collected. Oh, his eyebrows <laughs> go up and down. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wild, it's a wild brain function in there, but uh, yeah, that's uh, certainly part of the recipe. So please let people know where they can find you and they're going to want to get your book. They're going to want to listen to your podcast. Yeah, get get the book for sure. I mean, you get on my website, um, better better leaders, better schools.com slash mastermind book. I autograph every book um, that gets purchased through there. So that's super cool. Feel free to call or text if you want to talk business or school. So 312-788-7595. Um, 
I'm just going to give you those two examples because I, I really don't read my email. So okay. uh, my assistant does and I don't want any more emails. So don't email me. So go buy the book, read it for yourself, give it to a school leader. So buy two and then call or text me if I could be of service. You are a ruckus maker. No email. All right. Old school, old school, it. Daddy Power. Well, I have it. I just don't read it. My assistant <laughs> reads it. And then I, you know, um, recommend how to respond. So nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. That was fun. Thank you. Nick. Good luck with your thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. This has been Square Peg Entrepreneur. If you enjoyed our show, please let us know by leaving a review and subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. For free resources and materials, visit squarepegentrepreneur.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.